Welcome to ICUP with We. This is an ICP podcast by a new listener and an old fan from back in the day. I'm Aaron. And I'm Eric. And today we're reviewing 1990s Basement Cuts. You're listening to the ICUP with We podcast. What is up, everybody? Thank you for returning back to the pod. Um, yeah. yeah, last week was was an intro episode. Uh, this week we're actually getting into the bullshit a little bit. Um, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be sick. I- I'm super excited. Uh, we'll we'll hear our detailed thoughts later about the the album, um, mm-hmm. Basement Cuts, released in 1990 or 1991 um yeah. eric eric how you feeling about that first episode and 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 how you feeling about uh jumping in i'll tell you what man uh that first episode was interesting i it was kind of kind of cool to talk about our experiences and where this is headed as ridiculous as the concept sounded at first but uh i got some good feedback like my friend Bailey hit me up and told me how much she liked the podcast and that she was learning about you and me and uh, ICP and stuff and that she she said it's going to be a hit and I trust her on that. So hopefully that's the case. Hey, fingers crossed. Uh, in, in ICP news, though, we did get some bad news yeah. uh, this past uh, this past week, and that is that the Gathering of the Juggalos 2020 is canceled because of the canceled. coronavirus. I guess I guess that means this is not our year. Yeah, so for sure this is not our year. Um and our you so you're saying that your friend Bailey texts you so Chase, the bassist from Virtue. Yeah. Um he he hit me up on Instagram uh when the episode re- was released and said, "Hey dude, like I used to love ICP, blah, 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 blah. this is going to be sick." And I'm like, "Dude, yeah, it's it's going to be fucking fucking great." And then we we're talking about gathering of the Juggalos. And he was like, dude, because you, you know Chase. He's like a big guy. He's yeah. like a muscular guy. Uh, he was like, yeah, let me come with you all as security detail for the podcast. Hell yes. I was like, dude, please. Please. We're going to need it. Absolutely. We're starting our own posse. It's the ICUP with we P. The, the second, <laughs> the last P stands for posse. <laughs> all right. So ICUP WWEP. Yes. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I'm, I, this is weird. I, I'll say that, uh, I didn't no, actually real quick, the canceling of the gathering of the jugglers, of course, it's the right thing to do. I don't know if you had a chance to read the statement, but it was actually very well worded. And they said, bottom line, there are so many factors that go into this, but we wouldn't put a single one of our fans, a single juggalo in danger. So we are, there's no way it would make sense for us to do this. And I was like, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, no, I I, I fully support the uh, the uh, decision, and I actually admire them for for caring about their fan base so much. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of uh, stuff on Twitter and, and tweets joking about how ICP 
you know, cares about their fans and cares about the juggalos more than the government cares about all of America. It's probably but, true. <laughs> eh, you know what? Yeah, probably. And that's cool. Um, at, uh, at least so, somebody cares, right? So, so we listened to, uh, to, to basement cuts, which I've never heard. I, you know, I thought maybe, maybe I did at some point in passing, but this was not familiar to me. And when we originally talked about it, I think Wikipedia said 1991, but after I listened to it, I did some research. Cause I'm like, look, I gotta, I gotta know more about what's going on here. Right. Uh, but their their first like studio release, Dog Beats, was February fourth, nineteen ninety one. So there's no way this came out like in January. It was definitely a nineteen ninety release. Okay. And uh, in my research, I found out that uh, Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope were about fifteen or sixteen and seventeen or eighteen at the time of this, which gives a lot of context. <laughs> Yeah, that that makes a lot more sense reading uh cuz so I listened to um this EP twice. Yeah. I listened to it once while I was at work in my headphones. Um and then once uh literally 20 minutes before we recorded this, I I finished listening to it the second time and that was sitting at my desk um with my speakers cranked up and lyric sheets on my desktop. Uh, oh, wow. so I could, so I could read along the lyrics. So that, that's, no. that's awesome. Uh, there, yeah. did you, I don't know if you saw this, but when I was looking at it, apparently when, uh, Violent J started out recording these singles and demos, this one included, uh, what he would do is take two like tape players, like, like boom boxes and put them face to face one recording and the other one playing a beat and he'd stick his face between it and rap so that it would catch the raps Wait, and the beats. Are you kidding me? That apparently that's what that he did at first. A, that's not a joke. Oh my God. That's no, hilarious. That's and then this one that we just listened to basement cuts was apparently recorded on a karaoke machine. It sounds like it. I, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll give him that, but it sounds okay, pretty damn but, good for that. It's good. Yeah. Like it's, it's, the quality of the recording, let's, yeah, we should talk about the quality of the recording is very mixtape in the 90s. Yes. But it's not like bad. Like, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've heard bands like now release things that are like worse quality than this. Agree. Agree. It's, it's like, um, like indie studio quality for the 90s. It's, it, for, for what sure. it is, it's not bad. Yeah, no, it's it it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good uh yeah. you know, quality wise. But uh speaking of the nineties though, let's yes. let's give the listener some context. What was popular in the nineties? I think that was really looking back at it, the year that I think hip hop broke into mainstream top forty. Like before that, yeah, there were some maybe well known uh, artists like, you know, you had Run DMC and things like that. And they had that track with Aerosmith that went pretty mainstream. But I right. think 1990 is when you had MC Hammer and You Can't Touch This, Vanilla Ice and Ice Ice Baby, Digital Underground and The Humpty Dance, LL Cool J and Mama Said Knock You Out. Like this was really poppy hip hop that year. Oh, absolutely. This this was I mean, those were all, yeah, mainstream top 40s, MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice, Digital Underground, LL Cool J. Um, or ladies love cool James, as I like to call him. Yes. Um, absolutely. ice cube and NWA, they had, you know, ice cube had America's most wanted. 
um, yep. and Kill It Will, which was an, an EP. NWA had 100 Miles and Running. Um, so this was definitely when hip hop and, 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 and that kind of stuff and rap broke into the mainstream. So I, I agree with you on that one. And those are kind of, <clears throat> those are kind of the pieces of work that we are going to be comparing basement cuts to as far as the overall vibe of the genre back when it was released. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also sort of, you can see it in some of the ones you just mentioned, sort of divergent hip hop scenes that were getting popular. You had that more mainstream accessible top 40 stuff, but then you did have NWA a hundred miles from running. You had ice cube releasing, you know, his first solo album. And in the years just previous to that, we had seen releases from ice T and we had seen releases from the ghetto boys and stuff like that. So there was this growing sort of really hardcore gangsta style rap coming up. Oh, for sure. Um, speaking of the ghetto boy, God, I haven't thought about ghetto boys in, in forever. Probably. You know, I actually went back because I really wanted context. I listened to ice cube, ice T NWA and ghetto boys tracks and albums that released in like 89, 90 and 90. And all of a sudden basement cuts made sense to me. I was like, Oh, really? Okay. I understand what this is. Okay. Yeah, that that sounds you know, and I, I did the say I didn't I didn't have time today before we started recording to listen to a lot more, but I did listen to um yeah, a couple songs off of Please Hammer Don't Hurt 'em. Um I did not listen to Can't Touch You Can't Touch This because I mean I don't really need to. You probably heard it, yeah. That is yeah, I think like maybe once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. At least. But yeah, it, it, it definitely put a frame of reference because when I first listened to Basement Cuts at work, first of all, let's track back to the fact that I am not familiar with ICP at all. This was, I listened to one song one time and I could not tell you what song it was. So yeah. I had zero expectations of what this was going to be until I rolled the intro song, right? And so I, yeah, I literally, I had no frame of reference. And so I listened to it and I was like, that was okay. That was what that was. Uh, I don't, so I'm, I'm trying not to tip my hand too, too much until we yeah. get into the actual reviewing. But then, yeah, then um, you, you sent me kind of a list of what else came out around that time uh, to compare it to. And I was like, okay, this actually, yeah, this, this puts a frame of reference on what they were trying to do in yeah. late 1990. Yeah. To, yeah. you know, in their basement, cutting it up. <laughs> yes. Literally, I do truly believe go in the basement with your karaoke machine and record this Basement Cuts album. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, let me ask you a question here, Eric. Um, yes, if this podcast takes off, would you agree with me that it, that it would be a sound investment to go figure out where that basement was? up in Detroit and purchase that house and turn it into a national landmark. Yes. And put a studio in the basement where we record episodes from. Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of, it's a given that we would move in there together. Yes. Absolutely. Our, a given. Our wives would just have to deal with it. They'll, they'll, yeah, they, they'll, they'll make do. Right. That's how it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm totally down for that. So, so let's, let's talk about, this album basement cuts uh when what were your what were your 
overall thoughts without giving away anything, because we're going to go track by track. What was your your overall kind of thoughts about it after your first and second listen? All right. So overall, I have to say I didn't hate it. Honestly, I did not hate it. Now, there are parts that I did hate. There are parts that I was not, you know, wasn't a fan of. Yeah. But man, it was it was overall pretty good for what it was. You know what I mean? Like you can't yeah. sit here and, and compare it directly to, you know, you can't sit here and compare a single song directly to um Ice Ice Baby. You you no. just can't do that. You know what no. I mean? You you have to put it in the frame of reference of like you said, basement karaoke machine, a 15-year-old and a 17-year-old kid. Right. Um yeah, no, I literally I I didn't hate it. It was good. I mean, what what were your thoughts? You know, okay, so Obviously, when I listen to something like this, because I haven't listened to it before, um, my brain is not necessarily I tried mostly after to go in and look at some things that give me context. But it was it was a rough listen for me, even kind of by the 1990 standards. And the recording, as we talked about, was rough. But the, the quality of beats and lyrics were a little weird for me. And I think that those like funky up tempo up tempo jungle and disco beats were definitely a thing back then but it's not a thing that i necessarily liked like when i think ice cube and ice t and nwa and ghetto boys i don't necessarily think of those sort of up tempo like funky like disco-y beats and yet when you listen to those old records that's totally the type of beats they were using so i do think vibe wise this totally fits in with that but I wouldn't say that I necessarily liked it. I think the record is has a lot of uh, sort of try-hard misogynist type stuff in it. And of course, when you listen back to, like I said, all of these these albums and, and you know, sort of more gangster-themed stuff definitely had that type of subject matter. Um, but I think for me, and maybe you'll see this as we go, this one had a lot of borrowed personality. It was a, it was kids trying to emulate these artists that they liked. And I only think that the attitude and style that would become ICP comes through in a couple of tracks like lockdown and saying, like play that hoe. Uh, and we'll right. talk about that more as we go. But I think from here, the next four or five releases in my brain progressively get well after actually after dog beats but when they when they finally take on the name icp i think the beats the production uh lyrics and flows get better and better and better all the way up through like tunnel of love and then it sort of plateaus a little for me we'll have to see how that nets out but this is definitely very humble beginnings for them right right yeah i think like you were saying a lot of borrowed personality I don't, I, I'm not going to fault them for that too much being, you know, 15 and 17 years old at the time. But, uh, yeah, I mean the, the beats were a little goofy. The lyrics, I can say you could put most of those lyrics in the garbage for me. There's a couple <laughs> little clever things in there, uh, especially yeah. as I was reading along to them, but also like there's some songs where, you know, I'm like, damn, they kind of have some flow. Like they kind of, yeah. they, they, they're not complete garbage. Like they, they know how to rap. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm looking at at this going in with very low standards. Cause I don't know what ICP is. And maybe that's why I enjoyed it more than, 
Um, you know, I would normally, I think maybe we get halfway through their discography. I'm going to go back and, and, and listen to this and think, damn, this is actually kind of garbage <laughs> but, um, or not. You know, they, maybe you'll feel the other way. Yeah. Or I'll think, man, I wish they still sounded like this, but yeah, it's overall, you know, it, it wasn't terrible. It, it, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Okay. Okay. Um, and that, that's, I guess that's how I'll put that, but. Well, that's, um, that's a good, that's, I suppose that's a good thing, right? I, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think it's time to go ahead and go track by track. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with the intro track, which is called intro. Funny how that works. Yeah. Okay. So for the intro track, I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was just, you know, that small little cut, just intro. I got the, uh, the lyrics pulled up here. Um, yeah. But by yeah, the so way, it that off- it starts with a Dukes of Hazard sample, right? Yeah, it starts off with a Dukes of Hazard sample, and and as soon as I turned it on for the first time, I heard that, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is sick! Like this is gonna yeah. be cool." Um, but yeah, so it starts off with that, and then it kind of goes straight into basically, "Hey, I'm really hard, and this is my mix mixtape, and you know, y'all think that I'm not gonna be, you know." Y'all think that this isn't going to do well, and I'm just like, fuck you, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It took me two listens before I caught it, but I actually liked some of the attitude in this track because I'm listening to it, and I'm like, as I listen to this album, I'm like, are these just stolen beats? Like, there was things about it that made me feel like these are just instrumental tracks lifted, because this is definitely like a funky disco beat kind of thing. And oh, yeah. he straight up says, yeah, I'm stealing beats. Like, I, I don't care. And he also says, if you don't like this, don't fucking listen to it. You know? And I was like, oh, yeah, right. okay. Yeah. The, so the the first first line that you refer to is, um, officially is, yeah, I'm jacking beats. I ain't afraid to say it. The motherfuckers rotten in jail any fucking way. So I guess that's a bit of uh, uh, a blank spot in my music knowledge because I don't recognize who the beat is from. But he probably took it from some artist who clearly was in jail, which is funny. Yeah, I, I could not tell you where the beat was from. But yeah, I, I think it's I think he probably saw that like the beat and thought, you know what? Fuck this guy. He's in jail. Yeah. Um, I, so I really like the last line of this song and that's, I ain't a superstar. So get the fuck off my nutsack. I don't know. I just think it, I think it's a good one. And I, you know, um, remember in the first episode, I talked about the fact that a lot of the, uh, sort of attitudes and DIY ideals were things that appealed to me. And I think a lot of that comes through even in just this intro track. You know, it's funny because in this intro track, you know, reading the lyrics, they're saying like, Hey, I'm not like famous. I'm not going to be rich. This, this thing isn't going to go anywhere. Y'all, you know, if you don't like it, don't play it. We're doing this for us kind of thing. But then later in the EP in other songs later in the EP, they're saying like, Oh, girls are only after me for my money and that because I'm going to be famous and blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of like all over the map. That's and that's the thing. I feel like this album bounces between sincere and sort of copying other artists that they liked at the time. Girls Want Me For My Money or whatever is totally something that they heard in another track and were like, "Okay, yeah, this is cool. I'm going to go for that. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 I tend to agree with you on that one. 
Um, they're young and impressionable. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, shit. Listen to the bands I was in back then. I promise you. Shit, listen to the band I'm in now. It's all stolen from uh-huh. bands that we like. I, I mean, back when I did vote, I mean, even in the band that I'm in that I do vocals in and play guitar now, I'm sex tape. Yeah. Sex tape. Um, even them, like I, I pull heavy influence from, from bands that I like, you know, being old enough not to completely rip them off, but definitely you, you can look at that and say, Hey, there's some heavy yeah, influence on that one, but there's a difference between oh, I hear the influence and that's cool and they're straight up copying something. And I think they just hadn't found that balance yet. And I do think that that will come with subsequent releases. But either way, overall, I think intro track was kind of a win. I think that one worked. I I was into it. I was into it. Um, Next track, set it off. Set it off. Why why don't you give me your kind of overall vibes to set it off? All right, so... My my initial instinct was that the beat was pretty whack. Again, this is definitely a stolen track. Like, I think there's this, like, sort of record scratching at the end and stuff that I'm like, neither one of them are DJs. I, I don't think they had a producer or a DJ on this. They definitely stole this. Um, I noticed in the intro track he referred to himself as Joe Bruce, and I thought maybe for a second, oh, maybe he wasn't going by Violent J yet. But he uh, he does refer to himself in, as Violent J in this song. Uh, I feel like I feel like there were some lyrics that I heard in this one that are reused in later songs, and I think that that's a thing that they do a little bit here and there. Like, hey, we're producing this new track, and there was something that we liked back then. Let's work it into a new song. So I think that happened a little bit in this one. Um, I do think that this one is really trying hard to be thuggy and about two minutes in i was tempted to skip it but i didn't uh right i i was a little turned off by some of the misogyny and homophobia in it but i do think that some of that language was uh, maybe people were a little more accepting of it back then i don't think that it's okay but judge putting it through a a 2020 filter i was like oof you, you can't put out a track like this now yeah, and this is, and this tra- compared to later ones from this EP that we're gonna get into, this one was mild, and I I was still getting the same vibe as yeah, you were. That's true. I was ooh man. Now there there okay, so there's some uh lyrics that I liked. First off, my overall vibe was it was pretty good. Uh, the beat was a little whack. I, I agree, but um, they they know how to rap. You know, they they know how to rap. Yeah. I I. Did not like the use of the N-word um, in this song. You know, I went back and listened three times, and I'm like, does he say the N-word there? So I couldn't tell up until I actually pulled up the lyrics, and I looked at multiple lyric sources for this song to make sure. Yeah, yeah he does. Uh, it's it's And it comes out, it comes after probably my favorite line in this entire EP, which is a super bummer for me. And that is, um, NWA thought the boy Ice Cube, yo, you kind of sound like Barry motherfucking Manilow. I just think it's, I just think that that's like a really, it's funny. Like they're calling Ice Cube like a fucking pussy, basically. I don't know. Clearly they loved NWA at this time, right? And this was also the year that 
Ice Cube had left NWA, NWA had signed to a label and Ice Cube was like, I'm going to go do my own thing. So there was, there was some beef there. And I think this was obviously showing some loyalty to NWA and, and, you know, sort of referencing that. Absolutely. And, and, and they even, even when they say the N word, why do you call yourself a N word? I ask you, that's the only type of bullshit that you can lay your tracks to. So it's kind of saying like, Hey man, you kind of suck. Like that's, that's when I picked it up, I was surprised to hear that word used at all because I think it's never used again in any of their other songs that I'm aware of. It it hasn't been, it wasn't used in any, anywhere else in this EP. That's for sure. I'm not going to give him a pass for it. That's that don't use that word if you're not black and that it's that simple. Um, but they weren't using it in a way that was, they, they were using it in a thought provoking way, I guess you could say. Yeah. Still, still felt weird to hear them say it. Like, yeah, I still said, I, I still went, Ooh, you yeah, know, same. I, I literally, I rewound it three times. I'm like, no way. That's, that's not there. Is it? Yeah, it is. It, so, so the first verse, it seems like is filled with, um, you know, that kind of stuff, just talking about how hard they are. And then the second verse, they just take a sharp right turn and just started with the misogyny, like immediately. Yeah. That's, that's where I was like, oh man, I can't do this. And it's also like, this is also, you know, in the intro, they say that they weren't famous and all that, you know, the first line in the second verse is, yo, when I posse up in Valari, I got bitches on my dick. Like I'm driving a Ferrari. Well, I guess it's because I'm sort of famous. <laughs> no. Like they they are immediately in it with that. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean the the flows are there. I I just you know again, you have to go back and listen to the other music of the time, uh, or or at least the stuff that they were biting and like you understand where it's coming from. It doesn't make it okay. Doesn't make it better. But you go, oh, yep, okay. This is the style they're they're trying to replicate. Um, this is also the first, uh, the third verse is also the first instance of Fago, um, talking about Fago that happens with ICP. Yeah, and it's a sort of passive, like on the side reference to it. Yeah, it's uh, at yo Mexican festival. You don't want to miss the show with Bruce and Fago. Is the line. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, and, and that's not the only time we're going to hear Fago reference in this EP. I think probably like three more times, three or four more times. <laughs> hey, man, yeah. they uh, in the midst of talking about stuff they don't understand. I also think they have to talk about stuff they do understand. I agree. I, th- I, th- I think they used, uh, you know, Fago as a, a point to, to jump back on, um, yeah. you know, they, they when they get off the rails they can throw in a Fago reference and, and, and reel it back in a little bit, man. <laughs> right. So um, was set it off a, a winner or a loser for you? Set it off was okay. You know, you, you gotta look past the misogyny, uh, just because of being 15 and 17 at the time of the 1990s, I guess, you know, you can't put shit out like that. I don't care who you are. You can't put shit out like this now, you know, I mean, look, look at Eminem. He's like one of the most misogynistic people. And, and I'm sure we're going to talk about Eminem a lot um, in this podcast just because they had beef with him um, in the future. Yeah, yeah. But 
yeah, I mean, he was like one of the most misogynistic people ever, you know, to rap. And and he's still out there kicking. And he doesn't do it anymore. As far as I know, I don't know. I don't fucking listen to him. But, you know, as far as I know, he's he's not that misogynistic anymore. But I cringe listening to some of his, his old stuff, you know? Yeah. But it's, you know, I think he and a lot of people, a lot of artists have had to revise their way of thinking and speaking over the years. And clearly Eminem has made those changes and, you know, he's not that person now. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, um, I can't speak to whether ICP are still that type of person now or not, but you know, if Eminem can be the most famous white rapper in the entire world and say the most just baffling things about women back then, um, you know, I, I don't like listening to it now. It literally makes me feel uncomfortable much, you know, much like some of these songs on this EP does, but I can't really fault him for that. They were, they were kids and it was the nineties. Um, just please don't put out something like that now. <laughs> uh, I actually, I have a note, something that mm-hmm. occurred to me when we, when we get to track four, uh, bitches, a note about something that occurred to me regarding these sorts of lyrics and content. Uh, anyway, okay. let's move on to track three. This one's called lockdown. What were your thoughts here? God, track three sucked. <laughs> I'm sorry. Track really? three. Yeah. I, I was not a fan of track three. Um, it, I mean, it was all, it's just a song about being in prison. The beat sucked. The lyrics weren't that great. Um, Yeah. No, it was, it, I didn't like it too much. What, what about you? Uh, I actually, I actually did like this one. My first note was this beat is dope because it actually felt like one that maybe they didn't steal. I don't know. Um, uh, I do think they re this one. They definitely reuse some of the lyrics, uh, in later albums. And I'm pretty sure it's on carnival of carnage that they reuse a, a couple of lines from it. Uh, it's about being in jail, and there was one line that really stood out that I thought it was pretty funny. And he said, "It's talking about being in jail." And he says, "Chilling with my homeboy Bruno, hanging out the wreck, playing Uno. Crackhead tries to take oh, my yeah. seat, so I whipped his ass, and I caught another week." And I was like, "He's playing Uno and beating up crackheads." <laughs> yeah, I, you know that that line is really good. I will give you that. Um, but then after that, he goes on to saying like, he, he just goes off the rails saying like, oh, now I'm staring at a plastic fork, cut the next five days. I'm in the hole one month left. I, yeah, that line uh, is track. good. It's definitely a short track. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 more of like an interlude, which I don't know if you really need one for an EP, but it was yeah, well, it was short. But yeah, fuck it, I guess. Um, yeah, no, okay. I, I, I wasn't a fan. I, I think uh I think it was just kind of a, a, a really fake song because they're, you know, they were young kids at the day and talking about being in prison, like federal yeah. penitentiaries, you know. I, I know. Kind of- Violent J did end up getting arrested or going to jail at some point in that time frame, but I think mm-hmm. it was probably after this. I'm not sure. I mean, if, if he was 17, possibly 18 at the time. Yeah, it's possible if he was 18, you know, 17, he'd go to juvie depending on what he did, you know, but so this is a track where I felt like 
some of insane clown posse personality came through because this felt like a track where they were taking on a persona. This was, I'm telling you a story. It might not be true, but I'm still telling you a story. Right. Uh, That makes sense. All right. So Um, uh, that's a thumbs up and a thumbs down on lockdown. Correct. (laughs) Uh, So we're moving on, on to a song called bitches, which is weird because when I saw this, they have a song called Bitches on a much later album, I think Jekyll Brothers, which to me was the last the last sort of of the era where I think ICP felt like ICP to me. Um, but they had a, a kind of popular song called Bitches on that. And this is absolutely not that song, not even similar in any way. And I hated this track, by the way. But anyway, I could not stand it. So this is the one track on the EP that I did not find lyrics for. Uh, I was also wasn't too inclined to find the lyrics for it because I got the vibe instantly. The track starts out with Violent J yelling at a crying baby. And I'm not sure if that was supposed to be like a funny like comedy sketch or not funny. I couldn't tell. So, okay, so. Yeah, I, I I didn't like it. That was uncomfortable for me listening to the the yeah. intro. But um you know, that's also kind of like the offensive humor that I guess that they were going for back in the day. Yeah. Um that's true. So I remember I text I have your my text to you pulled up. Um <laughs> so I, I texted you last Monday, I said, Okay, I hesitate to show my hand too early here, but I am two songs in and although there are definitely you know, definite problems lyrically, I really like it. Um, and you said, haha, OMG. I said, all right, I got to bitches and I'm definitely cooling on this album. <laughs> like I, it was hard stop for me after I yeah. listened to that. It, first of all, it's a very long track. It is. Uh, um, is this the longest one on the album? I think it's probably the longest one on the EP. The, the beat also, sure. this one more, more than feeling like it was stolen kind of felt like, it is the longest track. Um, it kind of felt yeah. like something made on a Casio keyboard, like a one-handed like keyboard riff. Oh yeah, it was. It was something. It, it was not well made, like you were saying. It was not well thought out. I guess. I mean, it was. It was. Let's throw a beat on. I, I, what I think is that they had the lyrics to bitches. They wrote the lyrics to bitches, and then they just kind of threw bullshit music at it. Uh, cause, yeah, cause I, uh, the music wasn't so, the important part of that song. I, I don't think, I don't know what the important part was. I actually, so as I listened, I wrote some notes and the note that I have, I'll read it verbatim. I didn't change it since I was listening and wrote it as I was listening. Uh, holy shit. How and why the fuck does a song like this exist? It's literally just about being violent and mean toward women and a bunch of macho male centric bullshit. Yep. That, that I, I agree. I, I don't know why it was made at all. It was even back in the nineties. I feel like people listened and thought, Ugh, what? Like, come on, man. You know, I mean, some of those old NWA songs definitely had stuff like this, right? Like right. I, what I'm trying to figure out is, was it funny and cool back then? And again, I'm not giving anybody a pass on anything, but if you remember like the, the mid to late two thousands death core thing, I feel like there was a, a total misogynist like violence against women phase that for some reason that was like cool or funny or trendy. And like, even like women and girls that listen to that stuff were like, 
yeah, this is this is fine. Like, was that a thing back in the 90s in hip hop? That's a good question. I mean, you do bring up a very good point about the deathcore. Um, because, I mean, I remember, so Thy Art is Murder is like my favorite deathcore band. And they had a song, ca- song called Whore to a Chainsaw. And back then, we were just like, yeah, it's a fucking good song. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, like, one of my favorite deathcore albums ever is Count Your Blessings. But when I go back and listen, I'm like, this. there's a lot of really questionable misogynist lyrics to this. To this. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Um, as far as whether or not that was the, the case back in hip hop in the 1990s, I have no clue. Um, this, this came out four years before I was born. Well, the the reason I'm trying to make sense of it is I'm thinking, are they, are they, where are they on the bell curve of, of this type of content? Are they, you know, sort of landing right in line with their contemporaries or are they way, way off base? and like, God, these guys went crazy. And I think that they're in line with the stuff they were listening to. They could be, I mean. Yeah, they could be. If anything, I think maybe they took the stuff they were listening to and they thought, "Hey, let's push it a little further than that." But maybe. I don't think I don't, I don't think they were way off. They were way into the insanity, you know, crazy stuff. So yeah, I mean, I feel like they're probably in line. I personally, I, I told you through text, um, I said, "Yeah, this song is going in the trash pile for me." I um, I have one other note about it as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I said, what was that line about fucking a woman in the meat section of the grocery store and her eyes were closed. So I fucked her with a lamb chop. That was like the least offensive part of the song. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you're right though. You're, you're absolutely right. That is the least offensive part of that song. Uh, uh yeah. I don't think I will ever return, uh, to listen to that song a third time. No. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I, I can't. But uh, so next next track is insane like spelled incorrectly. Yes, spelled incorrectly, which is funny because on the lyrics uh, that I that I have pulled up, um, I have all the EP lyrics on one website. They they spelled it correctly on the on the website. I like that it's spelled I N S A I N insane like. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I think it's funny. So it starts off with a with a little kind of skit again or is um, it a sample it might be a sample yeah but it's the who's that, that tapping at my window. window but i didn't understand it nah did it, I, I couldn't tell if it played into the song in some way i couldn't understand it either and, and, and for what i'm reading i don't think it played into the song that much no. um but uh so this song again just hits misogyny hard in the second verse first verse is about violence yeah they they have Um, they have two things to talk about on this and one of them is uh violence or their thugginess and the other one is uh their if you want to call it relationship to women in general right yeah i agree um now what i wrote down here is that the beat the insane like beat sucks ass Um, (laughs) i said that too i said another crappy beat with a shitty one-hand casio riff over a jungle beat i said oh my god this is bad 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, but there are some good lines in here. Uh, one of my yeah. favorites, uh, smile when the blood squirts on my face, when I'm stabbing some fool and his gun. To me, it's good as sex, so I nut. I think that was a good line. I, I, I like that. I think it's fucking funny. So my note said, lyrically, this is the first track that to me kind of feels like ICP. Lyrically. Okay. I do feel that there was a couple of times in this one, though, where he stumbled a little over lyrics or maybe started to get a little off time. I I bet these were all one takers. I, I don't think he went back and because if they're recording it on uh, like a karaoke machine, you're not you're not going back. Oh, let me, you know, drop in, you know, pick up this line. Like, so yeah, you can't do shit like that. Overall, I thought it was it was an OK track i like that some of the icp personality started coming through in this one a little more for me for sure so yeah it it was okay i mean i think it's middle of the road track for me um there's a couple other lines i'd be remiss if i don't uh you know come out and say on the podcast for the people that did not listen to the album or the ep with us um the only line about women in this ep that i like that i will repeat on this podcast only because I think it is hilarious. Uh, it goes off. It goes. Um, I'm down about liking to use handcuffs, cut off her titties and use them for earmuffs. <laughs> so the th- thing think- is, though, this song is literally about being a like a, a crazy like psycho killer. So that was given a little context by the fact that he's already talking about doing crazy violent stuff. Oh yeah, and, and 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 that so that's the last line of verse two, and the first line of verse three is split personalities, and my head keeps dancing, one like Hitler, the other Charles Manson. So it's just talking about his insanity, and just yeah, you know, like you were saying, just keep going on on uh, that one. You know, here's here's a weird thought that I had, mm-hmm. and I I when I had this thought and I and I wrote it down. I didn't, I hadn't looked up how old they were, Um, but I'm like, the way they're talking about women, I get the impression that neither one of them had actually had sex or been in a relationship with a woman at this point. Uh, Yeah, I kind of get the same vibe. (laughs) Like, like they were just going, oh, our heroes talk like this, so we're going to try and do it too. It was kind of like that scene in 40 year old virgin where they're all talking (laughs) about sex. It, it's it's yeah absolutely oh god i love that movie i haven't seen it in forever um yeah no i mean it's like uh when you walk up to the kid you know a kid in high school that that swears up and down that he's had sex and he's like oh yeah dude i used i used her titties as earmuffs <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. dude I, you know what i mean like you're like okay buddy yeah you're like all right buddy i, I don't think you've ever been inside a woman before but okay <laughs> But Which yeah, is okay, fine. So, you don't need to be. Exactly. But like don't talk about cutting off titties and using them as earmuffs. Come on, man. <laughs> or do it. I don't know. It's kind of funny in that track. I don't know. Oh, it's hilarious. So the last line I want to get to before we move on to the next song uh is when I was in school I knew I was sick when I pissed on the floor and watched the teacher slip. <laughs> it's <laughs> It's a pretty good one. It's a really yeah, oh my god, man. Like I said, I mean, B sucks ass, but good lines in here that are that are funny. Uh, yeah. You know, I know they're trying to be hard, but they knew they had they had to have known about you know a, a sense of humor when they talk about peeing on the floor and the teacher slipping in it. 
And I think this is one of the only tracks on the album where they they let down that I'm trying so hard to be tough. Like, yeah, it's still there, but this was the first acknowledgement of, okay, this is kind of bullshit and we're having fun with it. Right. And, and and that's what I like. That's what I like. Do that more often. You know what I mean? They will. I I genuinely am looking forward to, to hearing more about school and, and peeing and teachers <laughs> slipping in it. Uh, but okay. So that was insane. Like, uh, let's move on to uh, play that hoe. This song was another one that I, I wanted to text you about. The, well, I think we, we did exchange a couple of texts here. Yes, we did. First off, there's multiple Fago references in, in this song. I think there's two, maybe three in this song alone. Second of all, the hook which I thought was the intro at first when I texted you, but it turned out being the hook of uh, whose pussy is this, whose pussy is this, whose pussy is this, it's yours. It's yours, it's yours. Is fucking great. I think it's hilarious. The beat is sick and that hook is dope. The beat is so good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the hook made me love this song right out the bat. Uh, This song has a lot of misogyny in it as well. Um, but I think we've, we've kind of beat a dead horse with the misogyny talk. Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, it's EMW, the inner city posse is getting fucked up. It's the Fago and the OE getting sucked up together. uh, That sounds awful. (laughs) Terrible. Um, bitches put me in a bad mood cause I was itching on my nuts and they're saying that it's rude. And then a couple more lines and then don't worry about a bitch because you'll be sucking on them anyway. Yeah, just kind of getting into <laughs> women or objects kind of yeah. stuff. This one, though, took a little more playful approach toward it. Like it was still stuff I didn't like, but at least this one felt like they were goofing on it a little bit more. Yeah, this uh, this one was not a bull in a china shop with misogyny well there's i mean okay so there were some really funny lines i like when he says buy me a slice of that little caesars i was like that's pretty funny that's one of my favorite lines i think yeah um but then there was a line that i was like yikes like i didn't know whether to think it was great or fucking horrifying but he says you better get an abortion no fucking doubt or i'm gonna reach down your throat and pull a motherfucker out yes yes i wow that's what as soon as you said that it was there's a starting line i knew it was gonna be that one because it was the same with me yeah. yeah um now uh second fago reference i ain't no kind of daddy ho i'll be filling up his bottle with fago okay now that's great that's good that's good man that yeah that's really yes. good um oh this is a song where um he talks about going to jail and then um, having sex with one of the cops to get out, and sh- and she let him out, and then she calls him the next day, and he said, "Bitch, fuck on. I'm a free man now, so fuck you, ho." So basically, using using the cop to get out of jail. I just like um, that in that scenario, like the cop really really thought they had something. Like she was in love, yeah. and she called him the next day, and he broke her heart because he just used her to get out of jail. You know what? She's a cop, so she deserves it. Um, yeah, I probably. gotta be honest. 
Uh, so one, uh, uh, take a look at my boy, Nate, the Mac, by the time he was 12, he had your mother on her back. Um, when you were growing up thinking love notes were, will get her, I was at home fucking the babysitter and then bitch buy me a slice of little Caesars. Yeah. Which I, so I listened when I listened to this before we recorded the podcast, um, I got to this song. I heard bitch buy me a slice of little Caesars and I checked, I checked my watch to see if I would have had, I would have time to finish out the EP and then run to little Caesars because it sounded super good. Dude, same. Every once in a while. So growing up, like my family, we didn't have a lot of money. We weren't going out to eat and stuff. But on Saturdays, we could get Little Caesars. So like I grew up and that was the thing. Now, Little Caesars doesn't, they don't make vegan pizzas. I wish they did. But I still get this craving for Little Caesars. And when I heard that, I was like, fuck, Little Caesars is awesome. Dude, Little Caesars is, I mean, you're right. So like when I was nine or 10 it's when so we were like middle class until i was nine or ten my dad lost his job he got laid off and then he started his own business so at that point it was just like they took out a second mortgage on their house to pay for the business and stuff like that like so it was pizza nights which we did as well were little caesars for most of my life and i still am a huge fan of little caesars yeah, same situation. You know, it's weird that um, my family was in sort of a similar predicament. My my stepdad had gotten laid off, decided to open his own business and had to take out like loans to do it and stuff. And, you know, there were definitely some struggle, tough times in there. But Little Caesars, that was our treat, you know, once a week. Absolutely. And, and, and what a fucking treat that is. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, I would have like fucking birthday parties that was all little caesars uh but long story short uh icp this advertising really worked for me i'm probably gonna get little caesars after we finish recording so uh little caesars why don't you toss them some dough their way because they are they're bringing some some customers to your door i think yeah i mean Fago and Little Caesars, that sounds like a pretty good deal. Also, I feel like Little Caesar has to be a SoundCloud rapper. 100%. Oh, Little oh, Little Caesar for sure. I bet yeah. if I look up on SoundCloud right now, I bet I could find half a dozen people calling themselves Little Caesar. Probably true. <laughs> All right, so oh. play that ho. Uh obviously we had some fun with that one. Like you said, I also had a note that said more misogyny, um, but there was enough things that I thought were clever and fun about it. And I love the beat. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Um, so let's move on then to uh, ghetto style. I, all I have written down for ghetto style is holy shit. Like his flow in this song is insane. It's great. So here's what I have written down. Another shitty disco skating rink beat because it reminded me of going to a skating rink when I was a kid. Um, I also have a question. There was another voice in this song and I didn't know who it was. I wasn't sure if this was Shaggy 2Dope who is referenced momentarily at the beginning because Violent J says, yo, 2Dope, turn up the echo. Uh, Who I guess 2Dope was acting more as like the DJ helping record this stuff at the time. But... uh, I think the vast majority of all these tracks have been Violent J. Um, 
but I thought that was an interesting thing. Again, I I mentioned that I thought it was funny the way they talk about women and sex, because especially in this song, I'm like, I feel like you don't really know, like you've never been on a date, really. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, 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 and yeah, so I think long story. So I don't have a lot of thoughts on this song, honestly. Same. Um, Forget. I just it's forgettable, but I, I did really, it, it opened my eyes to his skills as a rapper. If that yeah, makes demonstrated sense. Demonstrated some style there. Yeah. I, th- I think that this song was put on the EP simply. Uh, you're right. I mean, the beat sucks. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's garbage, but you almost don't, unless you're listening for it, you almost don't care or notice how bad it is because of this display of skill yeah yeah there's definitely skill there so i i think this song was put on the ep genuinely so people you know after listening to you know play that hoe and bitches and people are starting to roll their eyes uh if they even get past them uh start to roll their eyes but then they listen to this and think oh shit they can rap you know um so i think that's the, the genuine purpose of this song on the album yeah, so I I don't think seven is gonna be like track seven ghetto style. I don't think that's gonna be a lot of people's favorite song, uh, right. but it was a fine addition. You know, help balance out the EP. Oh yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to uh, the ICP track eight, the final track. Yeah, final track on the EP. What was your take on this? Because it's um, it's not exactly a song. Yeah, no, it's not. It it was weird, I guess. Um, I think it was honestly pretty forgettable in in my opinion. I I can't forget this one. (laughs) It was all right. (laughs) So I feel like this was like a shout out track. Like they're shouting out their friends because I recognize some of the names that are names that come up, you know, in subsequent releases and songs. Uh, They also shout out Awesome L as their producer. And I was like, man that person should not be allowed to make music anymore. And also <laughs> what did this person do aside from steal some beats and tap on that Casio, but it ends like the, as the track is ending, it plays this answering machine message that I remember when I was really young being at my grandma's house. Cause she had cable and they would have these commercials for like a tape that you could buy with answering machine messages that, uh-huh that you could like put on your outgoing message. And there was this one that was like bad, like eighties rap, like wait for the beat. You got to leave your name and your number, like that kind of thing. And that was this, it was, it was from that fucking commercial. (laughs) Was it really? I had no clue. That's fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, no, this whole track seems like, it seems like after listening to it, that ghetto style was the last song in the EP and this whole track was a post-credit sequence or like a, a you know name scroll of people they wanted to thank. Yeah, kind of. But the best part, the best part of the entire EP, the, like the thing that capped it off for me is at the end, he shouts out a phone number and says for booking <laughs> info and producer interest, call 1-313-548-5707. <laughs> and you know what? Fantastic. Fantastic. I, I, we were talking about uh, on Monday when I had my first listen and, and you listened as well. We were yeah. talking about how we should both like go back 
to our, you know, because you have an EP coming out soon. I have an EP coming yep. out soon yep. uh, with our bands. We should go back to our producers and and record something like this because it's genius. It's it's wonderful. The thing that really stood out is that they were thinking big because he included the country code and area code, not even oh, just yeah. the local number. He's like thinking people in other countries are going to hit them up. That's actually a good point. That's funny. Yeah. This thing, it was a perfect end to an EP like this, honestly. Yes. Um, it, it really made me it, it really made me laugh. Uh, overall, considering they were young, they were copying um, music that they liked that was a lot of sort of underground, edgy, up-and-coming artists. They were uh, recording it under, like, the most ridiculous of means. I actually think it's kind of an impressive feat. I think if I had heard it, you know, at the time, and I was of an age that that made sense to listen to, I might have thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, I get that. I mean, oh, like I said, overall, I, it was not horrible, and it exceeded my expectations. Well, that, so okay, I think we kind of are on the same boat on that one. Uh, you ready to to? you know, reveal our personal favorite tracks and, and throw them on the, uh, the playlist here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll go first. I'll go first. So okay. I think I might've tipped my hand by saying how much I liked it. Um, but I gotta say misogynistic lyrics aside, play that hoe was probably my favorite track. That was my number two. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, so I, I, I heavily enjoyed it. You're uh, not going to agree with my favorite. Oh, because my favorite track was "Lockdown." Oh, really? Uh, yes. Yeah, I was. I was not a fan of that one. But I mean, that's your personal favorite. I got my personal favorite, and uh, they're going to be forever uh, enshrined on the playlist. So, do you want to go ahead and start on uh, on your score? Okay, let's talk about scores. So the way we're going to do this is we are going to each give a score. Um, of up to between one and five Fagos for music and beats, lyrics and flows, and the vibe at the time of release. Um, My music and beats score is pretty low. I'm only giving this one two Fagos. Uh, What about you? Uh, So my music and beats score, it's not much better than yours. I think I like the beats a little bit more than you. I honestly, I put it at three Fagos. Okay, I tend to like um, slower, darker hip hop beats, and this was a lot less of that. So we've got a two and a three. Uh, lyrics and flows. There were a few moments of brilliance, and I was tempted to go with a three, but I think having a little more context of where they're going to go, I gave this one a two. Not bad. Respectable. 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 Um. So as far as lyrics and flows go, with me, I I personally think that ghetto style. I, I I was gonna go a two, um, or I I was gonna go a two and a half actually. Yeah. Um, ghetto style upped it a lot for me. Crazy it elevated three. the score. It is a full three. Um, just because of the 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 flow and the the their abilities shown through on on that that song. Respect. All right. So now vibe at the time of release, which is very difficult to judge, being as Neither one of us were really 
moving in those circles at that time, but doing the research and going back and listening to stuff, I actually gave it a three. I think it fit in pretty well with what they were trying to do at the time. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I gave this one, um, I gave this one a two actually, cause I didn't really have as solid of a concept on what they were trying to do. I went solely off of what were in the top forties, what was, what was happening at the time. And, and, and like I said, I think my vibe at time of release scores are going to be a little skewed until we get past 1994. Uh, when I was actually experiencing vibes. So, so yeah, I gave it a two. So when you take all of our scores and average it out, our overall average score between the two of us for this release is a 2.5. Hey, 50%. Yeah, I think that's bad. pretty fair. It's a, what is that? A D or an F? A D is 60. Yeah, so it's an F. It's an F. It failed. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a D minus since it's a 2.5. Yeah, uh, D minus sounds good. That's, that's That sounds fine. So uh, I would not necessarily suggest listening to it. Just check out the tracks that we put on. But I mean, you know, actually, if you're really interested and what we've said intrigues you, go listen. Take the journey with us. But we did this so you don't necessarily have to. And we're actually going to keep this going. We're, we're, we're listening to uh, another one for next week's episode. This one is Dog Beats by the Inner City Posse, released in 1991. Correct. 1991. This yeah, is going to be a good one. Um, yeah. And I, I cannot wait to, to get into this one. So this um, was their final release as Inner City Posse before leaning into Insane Clown Posse. And this was their first studio recording. Right. Okay. So this one, the the quality is going to be way up there. Yes. And it's, it's an EP. I actually have heard this before. And the song Dog Beats absolutely gets stuck in your head. It's like a real thing. Oh, shit. Okay, good. I, I, I can't wait. I'm probably going to listen to it uh, when I'm eating my Little Caesars tonight. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I can't wait for it. So, so Eric... Um, Let's go ahead and talk um, socials. Where can everybody find you personally? Me, you can find me personally on Twitter at Nuclear is Lonely, and it's just spelled like it sounds. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. Or you can you can reach us through any of the ICUP with we channels. Yes. So we have. Uh, first off, you can reach me personally at www.locklearcomedy.com. That's where all my stuff is. Um, I stream on Twitch Monday, Wednesday, Friday evenings. Come hang out with me then. Um, and then our social, our our podcast social is um, we have on Twitter at ICUPWWE. Hit us up there. Let us know what you think about everything. Uh, now that we have episodes out, uh, rate and and review our episodes on Please. on whatever app that you use it helps us out a lot gets us up there to the front page um so we we would really appreciate that other than that i think that's it eric how how you feeling uh two episodes in i'm feeling pretty good man uh i i'm i'm excited to get into more of these albums and and listen and hear the progression it was weird to hear Something that I think became legendary in the mythos. Uh, I can't believe that they put 
that tape up on Spotify. So it was cool, but I, I'm stoked to keep doing this, man. How about you? I'm excited. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Um, I, I'm really excited to get into get into dog beats next week. Um, but that is next week. This is all for us this week. Eric, any final words? Uh, my my only final words are buy me a slice of that little Caesars. Boom. So for Eric, I am Aaron. Uh, just want to say a good uh, good old whoop whoop out there for everybody. And we will catch you all next week. Media Production.